0: Tonight, yet another staggering heatwave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo heatwave powered by the fantasy football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days brought to you by the brodo team mike Petrop, jason Petrop, tim patrop and santiago casanova the summer is coming to an end but the heat wave is still here baby and we're powered by the brodo by the fantasy football by brodo app 32 teams in 32 days doing it brodo style discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season today we are going to stay in the NFC South and we are going to be hitting the Bucks, the defending world champion Buccaneers. Um, I'm your host, Tim Petrop, of course, joined by my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. But before we start, we want to remind you to please download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. It is the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it is free for a limited time on the app. You get fantasy player cards, which basically act as player profiles, but way cooler. Who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced statistics and every statistic you need, including stats that are only exclusive to us that have been tried and true over the past four years of experimentation. True throw value. True target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and points per opportunity excluding touchdowns. This is free for a limited time thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly to join the community on Discord, play in leagues with the Broto Bros, get an extra podcast per week, the waiver podcast during the season, private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. And as always, the Broto Hub is Broto.com fantasy.com, where you can find all things Broto. So let's get into this defending world champion team, head coach Bruce Arians, um, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. This is the third year in the system. Bruce Arians, this is the second year in the system for Tom Brady. Bruce Arians has a very notoriously hard system to master. It even took the GOAT, the greatest of all time, A few weeks to master this offense usually takes people a year. If you look back uh, at at Bruce Arians' quarterbacks, they don't have the best first years. They go on and have good ads. Look at Kurt Warner. Look at uh, Carson Palmer. The the list goes on. Um, This is year three in that system. They were third in scoring offense last season. Fifth ranked O-line, according to PFF, coming into the season, something that played a huge role in the Super Bowl last year. And this is something that is away from the trends that we tend to see. Usually we see winning teams are the ones that run a little more. That is not the case with the champion Tampa Bay Bucks. They passed 63% of the time last season. That's the fourth highest total for an individual coach in the league. So the Bucks coming into here are one of the most um, consistent teams from one year to another in NFL history. Like they, people, teams don't just come back with the exact same team like they do ever. And a lot of that is because Tom Brady takes his pay cut. Um, and because of that, they have this plethora of weapons, this embarrassment of riches. And the person who's going to be throwing this embarrassment of riches is Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. But at the same time, when does Father Time finally catch up with Tom Brady? We also we found out during the offseason that Tom Brady was playing with a torn up knee like the whole season. What, what, when is this? I don't know. You can't count out the GOAT anymore. It's, you just can't. So when do you take him in fantasy? Jason, you're up. Nice. Right, were you muted? Tom,
1: no. T- <laughs> oh, Tom the- Brady's 44. I was just in disbelief. That's what it was. Mm. Just staring at. 44 years old. Insane. It's absurd. But I'm done betting on father time with Tom Brady. And if you look, because you mentioned the Bruce Arians offense. Last year, Tom Brady was a top 12 quarterback two of the first six weeks. So it was a slow start for him. The last 10 weeks, he was a top 12 quarterback seven times. 70% of the time, he's a top 12 quarterback. Cowabunga. That's a... Bruce Arians has that infamous learning curve. And then if you look at past seasons, especially 2019, Tom Brady starts off hot and then fades. And that's probably why people have been predicting father time for this many years. He starts off hot, starts to weasel down a little bit, and and then when it comes to the playoff time, week 16, when his team is so good and he has to put up points, he doesn't. And people get upset and they think, oh, it must be because he's old and it's the end of the season. Tom Brady is is, going to decline next year. Well, last year was the complete opposite. Second year heading into the Bruce Terrians offense. And in the last four years, Tom Brady's been quarterback 9, 12, 13, and 5. He's basically guaranteed to be a top 14 quarterback at this point. And it's more likely to be top 10 considering the weapons around him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Three good running backs at his disposal. Giovanni Bernard might mix in. O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, if you want to include that fuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) O.J. Howard sucks. I purposely left him out. So the thing with Tom Brady is if you look at the beginning of his schedule, it's beautiful. If you miss out on one of the top five quarterbacks and you don't want to pay up for... Say, uh, Ryan Tannehill or Aaron Rodgers, who are typically going ahead of Tom Brady. Tom Brady begins the season against Dallas, Atlanta, and then the Rams are the toughest opponent he faces, and then New England, Miami, Philly. New England. Is that at New England or is that at home? Oh, I'm not 100% sure. But either way, there's a revenge game. I want Tom Brady at New England. So the first six games, there's at least five that make your mouth water. So if you're not going to spend up for a quarterback and you don't want to go full streaming quarterback, then grab Tom Brady and have a stud for the first six weeks of the season. And then from there, see how it goes. It's at Foxborough. It's at Foxborough. I just want to say in our home league, we did a live draft and live drafts always tend to go off the rails a little bit. I waited on quarterback and somehow some way Tom Brady was just forgotten about and I got him in like the 12th round as the last person drafting a quarterback and I was hyped because like Jason said like I know he doesn't have the rushing ability but the man could still ball and he has some nice matchups I'll note that Michael did get a little lucky our home league was a live draft except for me uh, I'm back up in school at Cornell so I had to zoom into the live draft and zooming in it was a little hard at times to keep track of the picks Ooh hoo so- for you so I've been telling everyone the Trey Lance-Kirk Cousins combo was a great one. So I went with that combo. But then looking at the board, I realized that when I drafted Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady was still available. And I would not have done that otherwise if I knew. If so, you can get Lance yeah, and
0: Brady, Jason, that would have been quite the whole thing. Yeah, for you. I know. All right? I know.
1: <laughs> so a little caveat to Michael's point. You're probably not going to get him that late unless you're doing a live draft with someone who's virtual and doesn't see the board but uh yeah he's a good value right now i think
0: yeah yeah i agree i mean i'm I'm not betting on father time either i do want to mention one thing because at the time of this recording today something big went down there's a lot of cuts going down right now and one big cut that happened was cam newton was cut by the patriots making mac jones qb1 and when you're talking about the tom brady kind of just mention the patriots I just want to put it out there, like just overall, and we'll have our Patriots heat wave coming up very soon, but I just want to put out there, in case you're doing a draft between now and then, I'm higher on every single Patriots position player, not crazy higher, but Damian Harris I am much, much higher on. We've seen a lot of three down backs, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, first two down backs have a lot of success with the Patriots because they like to run the ball on the goal line. Um, I also
1: think it's definitely a good thing for Jacoby Myers
0: and Nelson Aguilar and the tight ends. Like Cam Newton was a bad passer. And now the offense is going to be more traditional where the running backs are going to run and the quarterback is going to pass. Like Mac Jones isn't running anywhere. So
1: people are sleeping on Aguilar, man. Fucking Jacoby Myers is out there with zero career touchdowns, bumming it up. And he makes one catch in the preseason. Everyone. Everyone. Goes crazy. Well, guess what? They brought in Elson Aglore and didn't even play him in the preseason. He's like their prized free agent this year. He's not getting enough love.
0: That, we're we're going to go over that, but he's definitely getting a. I, I didn't like him because of Cam, but now I have to. But I'm rethinking the entire Patriots now. Now all of a sudden the Patriots have become like a team that I'm drafting again. They were a team that's just yeah. like, I'm not drafting any Patriots, but now it's just like, oh, like a new, like a new, uh, it's like the new world has come. Uh, ironic, the Patriots and their, and their logo. Um, but anyway, um, with that being said, the running backs on the bucks, smooth transition, <laughs> the running backs on the bucks are a tough, tough to manage. Cause last year it was very much like Oh, this is definitely gonna be a Ronald Jones game. Ronald Jones has been hot. Like, this is this he's done this against this team, and I have all this information. And then all of a sudden it's a Leonard Fournette game. And then Leonard Fournette does two games in a row. And it's like, oh, Leonard Fournette's the guy now. We're gonna get and then it's a Ronald Jones game. And it was just a, a game like that back and forth all year. And then at the end of the season, when Ronald Jones kind of started dominating carries, all of a sudden Leonard Fournette dominates in the postseason. So you have this these two running backs who are both going in like the seventh, eighth round-ish. And you know, I don't know what to expect from either of them personally. I think you can have a really good situation if one of them gets, you know, sixty percent of the work, but I just don't see that as possible. How are you feeling about that, Michael?
1: Ay, 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 aye. Yeah. Is basically the backfield in Tampa Bay. What a mess. Look, in twenty twenty, Leonard Fournette had two RB one games, four R B forty or worse, and five rb2 or rb3 ronald jones had two rb1 games three at rb40 or worse and eight as an rb2 or three so ronald jones is a little more consistent but he also played in more games than leonard fournette did fournette also came onto the team late he did not have the entire offseason as a tampa bay buccaneer but fournette was used more in the passing game 36 receptions for fournette 19th in the league 29 receptions for Rojo, 30th in the league. And we know Tom Brady likes to use his running backs in the passing game. Well, you could cut those at least in half because now Gio Bernard is on the team. Hmm. And Gio Bernard had the worst rushing yards over expectation last year. But one thing we do know is that the man could pass block and catch the ball. And what one thing we know about Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones after watching the horrific 2020, they cannot do either. Yeah. They were just bad at it. That's why they basically just kept taking turns trying to see who could best the other one at not being awful on third downs and catching the ball. And now they bring in Jules Bernard exactly for that reason. Rojo was by far the best in terms of advanced stats. Plus 150 rushing yards over expected was actually very high in that ranking and was very, had a lot more success than people realize. Leonard Fournette hovered around zero the entire season. He's been basically a plotter his entire career. But you look at last season, they were taking turns, and then playoff Lenny comes out of nowhere, and he's like a hero for Tampa Bay. And then Tampa Bay goes and gives him $3.25 million again to return, and there's are absolutely zero outs in that contract. They have to pay him $3.25 million, whether he plays one snap or whether he plays 480 snaps. It's, so we're talking about a guy, oddly, it's not it's, like he's going to get cut or anything. It's an oddly specific number. It just came to my mind. And c- at their current cost, Rojo is going at RB 31, 77 overall. net RB 32, 83.6 overall. In best ball leagues, I'm fine taking a shot on one of those guys at those costs. But in just typical redraft leagues, there is a 0% chance I draft a single Tampa Bay Buck because the only way it works out is if one or two of these guys in that three-headed backfield gets injured and then people just take a victory lap over injuries similar to like what happened with James Robinson and Travis Etienne.
0: It's like yo the Bucks, everyone there's so many weapons on this team that it's god it's it's just going to have to be a situation where everyone is cannibalizing each other. It has to be. Because you can't get any; everyone touches every single game. It's just not going to happen. There's no way you can get an, enough touches to be fantasy relevant for Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Gio Bernard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and then going even farther than that, Justin Watson. Like they, 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 they have guys who are who played well last year, like at, in the depth chart and who contributed every once in a while. So it's just like what, what ay ay ay. What do we do with the bucks? Michael, what about the receivers? How are you are you do are you thinking about them the same way?
1: Yeah, so literally everything you just said about having so many weapons that's the issue because someone's going to have to catch the ball, yes, but there are way too many people to just say this guy's going to catch the ball a lot. You don't know Which one of these guys is going to be the main guy from week to week? Look, Mike Evans, his season last year on 109 targets, 70 receptions, 1,006 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Obviously, touchdown dependent. But I was pretty surprised to see that he was 14th in true throw value, excuse me, true target value, and 14th overall in points per game. So even that typically doesn't happen for someone that touchdown dependent. Because he was just seeing such valuable targets. Let's not forget that Mike Evans was basically the goal line back last year for Tampa Bay at times. Like he had that two-catch, two-yard, two-touchdown game one week. My main issue with Evans, one, touchdown touchdowns aren't very sticky from year to year. You can combat that by saying he's basically the goal line back. And if that carries over, he could continue to be a monster in the red zone. I could see that. But this was also very easily a career low in targets, 6.8 targets per game, the lowest since his rookie season of 8.1. Take out his rookie season because he was a rookie, and he's never averaged less than nine targets a game, and then it went down to 6.8 last year, with Godwin playing just 11 games and A.V. playing just seven so you could argue that Mike Evans is just really good. I mean, he has opened his career, only player ever with seven straight 1000-yard seasons. It's very very impressive. But there's just no way for me to draft this guy right now as a top 15 wide receiver with confidence. I just can't do it. He's interesting
0: because you, you know, a lot of a lot of pundits and fantasy football people will point to re- regression and say that high touchdown totals are not something that's sticky from year to year. And for the most part, they're right for the law of averages. But when you're talking about a guy like Anton- I mean, um, not Mike Evans, when you're talking about a guy like Mike Evans, he's just bigger than everyone else. He's stronger than everyone else. Tom Brady that's loves loves throwing balls up to him. Like he's going to have the goal line. He's going to score touchdowns. There's no there's no law of averages that you could tell me that's going to say Mike average Mike Evans is not going to have ten touchdowns this year. I know he is.
1: I mean, ten is a lot to just say. I know he is.
0: I think I. It's just part of the game plan. It's part it's of the plan, man. It's yeah. Mike Evans. It's part this of the guy plan. On, does. This
1: guy is on a Hall of Fame career path, and nobody gives him respect. Like Tim said, touchdowns aren't sticky unless your name is Mike Evans,
0: or or like, or the greats, like the greats Cook, right? Yeah, yeah, like, like Derrick Henry, like, oh, you, this is not this stat's not sticky. This stat's well, the greats don't care about your law of averages, and he's in when you're grading him out. That's how you have to grade him out. But with that being said, I've also had my hesitations um, in drafting him in my leagues too because of that exact fact that. I don't know when. It might just be some spike games for him. You know what I mean? And what about Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I like in best ball leagues, I think Evans makes some sense as huge upside potential certain weeks. But in a redraft league, it's going to be tough. He's going as wide receiver 12, 35th overall, according to the Sleeper ADP on the Broto Fantasy app, which is too early for me. But the aforementioned Chris Godwin, he was an early favorite of mine as this guy's going to be a steal in fantasy drafts, but apparently people have caught on and have just run away with it because he is not even close to a steal anymore. At this point, you're drafting him expecting him to be the Chris Godwin. that was being drafted in the second, early third round last year, right? His current ADP on the sleeper on sleeper is wide receiver 15, 43.8 overall. So you're drafting him as your wide receiver one or two as your third or fourth best player. I don't know if I'm okay with that with the way this offense is operating. Chris Godwin was great two years ago. He was underrated last year, even in the 11 games. But he had two games last season where he ended at wide receiver 15 or better. Two of 11. And now he's being drafted as wide receiver 15 when the circumstances are very much the same. He's just healthier. I concur. Uh, again, I have zero. I have zero Chris Godwin this season. I feel like he's a walking wide receiver, too. Like, he's going to put up wide receiver two numbers every week. He's not really going to boom. He's not really going to bust. His upside is limited. His floor is kind of high. It's just not someone I want on my team. Like, Chris Godwin, you can take your 12 points a week. When you score a touchdown, I'll be happy, and that'll make it 18. But you could generally take your 12 points a week, and you could suck it in the third round. Whoa. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, of, I'd rather have nowhere. C D Lamb, DJ Moore, <laughs> Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. What about Brandon Ayuk? Allen Robinson. Brandon Ayuk, I think I'd, have, I'd highly consider over Chris Godwin as well. I know that might sound blasphemous, but I'm a big Brandon Ayuk guy. Yeah, me too. So I just, again, he's another guy I don't know about at ADP. And then you have Antonio Brown, of course, who's the discount receiver of the bunch he's the um when you're trying to save money and you find the sale that's the guy who (laughs) ab is this year yeah he's everyone's favorite why pay up when you could get antonio brown later on and i understand taking the shot at him around wide receiver 40 which is where he's going i think all the concerns are baked into that price he came back and he played well last season but he's just another one who is ready to give you headaches and let's not forget antonio brown is antonio brown and at the blink of an eye he could be out of the league, randomly. He's uh, done it in the past. All right. Something this, could happen. I'm not drafting well, based on that. I'm not drafting based on that either, but I'm just saying that is a concern to think about when it comes to Antonio Brown, because that 1,000% yeah. can't happen. He's basically been out of the league for years before Tom Brady resurrected him. But I'd anyways, like to note that Antonio Brown's 16-game pace last season would have been 90 catches, 966 yards, and eight touchdowns. Yeah, and that, that includes a game where he was force-fed to reach a performance bonus where he caught two touchdowns. So it's a little swayed. You know what? Who's to really say he doesn't opinion. have another performance bonus Michael. this fucking year and he's going to be force-fed to catch it. I hate when people use that argument. Who gives that a was fuck?
0: sexy analysis, though. I mean, uh, not, You're not hearing that anywhere but the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. That was sexy.
1: So I'm just—it's it, crazy because, look, I like Tom Brady. I think he's going to be a—he's going to have big QB1 weeks. He's going to be very similar to last season, in my opinion— I think this offense is going to put up some monster numbers in several games, but I just kind of don't want anyone audit because in typical redraft leagues, it's crazy to think Tampa Bay could put up 40 points and your starting receiver that you took in the third round and Mike Evans or Chris Godwin could have had two catches for 45 yards and they still put up 40 points because that's how much talent they have on that offense. Yeah.
0: I mean, I just I just called your analysis sexy, and I got no response whatsoever. That's really disappointing for me. Thanks,
1: Tim. Almost as sexy as you in your shirtless body right now. Yeah.
0: If, <laughs> if you don't know behind the scenes, I do every podcast shirtless. Almost every podcast. I'm actually on a new workout, but I'm, I'm this. If this was a regular podcast, we'd be talking about this a little bit. But it's the heat wave. We got to get to tight ends. The tight ends. Rob Gronkowski is basically free in drafts at this point. Um,
1: Another guy who doesn't wear shirts. Am I right? Hey! I, I I mean, he wishes his body was as
0: good as mine. Let's just put that out there. Um, oh, but for sure. <laughs> but with that being said, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski had his best weeks last year after O.J. Howard's injury. So but there's also – that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it was he was partying on boats for an entire year and came back, was rusting, and then, and then got better and dominated. There's two ways to look at that. So – how are you How are you looking at Rob Gronkowski, Jason? I, I feel like he can be one of those. Uh, he I mean, he's touchdown dependent. It's, it is what it is. He's going to score a touchdown yeah. or he's not.
1: Yeah. First, I'll put the O.J. Howard shit to rest. Because like you said, O.J. Howard averaged five targets a game last season, but that's when Gronk was just partying on a boat. They didn't have Antonio Brown. So with A.B., Gronk, Evans, Godwin, Gio Bernard, like don't tell me about the second tight end on the Bucs. Please, if O.J. Howard's name was William Dunhampton, wow. he would not be discussed on this podcast right now. William Nobody would be talking Whoa. about him. Dunhampton. Whoa, relax on un- <laughs> William Dunhampton, bro. <laughs> it's
0: not right. What if he's a to podcast? Though. And
1: like Tim said, Gronk is <laughs> touchdown dependent. I actually love Gronk in best ball leagues after I realized this because last season, Gronk had seven touchdowns. He finished seven weeks tight end six or better. Guess the correlation there. Every time he scores a touchdown, he's a top six tight end. When he doesn't, he surpassed tight end 18 one time. He's not going to be a guy who gives you five catches, 90 yards. He's just not. And O.J. Howard's not going to eat into that either. So in redraft, it's tough to trust uh, Gronk because it's going to be 10 or 0. When he scores 10, he'll be a top six tight end. So that's why his ADP has been dropping. There's a little bit of value there if you stream correctly, but I prefer Gronk in best ball leagues where you know that six or seven weeks, you'll have a tight end one. You know, what's hilarious to me though about Gronk is that he did exactly what people wanted him to do last season when they were drafting him as like the eighth tight end off the board. Well, I mean, one, we always said that was stupid and, People are bucking out. But two, he did exactly what was expected, and now he's going off the board as like tight end 20. It just doesn't really make much sense, even in best ball leagues. Like, like Jason said, I prefer him in best ball leagues, but he'll have his spike weeks here and there, and he's definitely going to be on several waiver wires where look at this matchup, go ahead and get Gronk, because the tight end position is just a wasteland after the top half of it.
0: Okay. I think it's because he he like, really made it. When you start slow, like those impressions, they matter. So he d- definitely did not live up to ADP early, so people remember that. But with that being said, um, who's your one injury away on this team? Let's start with Jason.
1: It would have to be Fournette or Rojo. If one of them gets all the early down work on a Tom Brady team, that means... They have the potential for legit, like, 18 touchdowns. Hard to so disagree with that one. It's one of those. My for me, it's just uh, insert wide receiver here. Evans, Brown, or Godwin. Two of them will get a nice little bump up if one of them ends up missing time.
0: I think Brown benefits the most from the other two guys missing time. Over, the I was going
1: to say Brown. Where's that from, Tim?
0: I have no idea. Come oh, on, I'm sure. real. I was
1: gonna say brown. What? Think about it.
0: I can't. No, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I bet your accents are
0: super. Screw
1: the universe.
0: <laughs> Is that the chin guy? Come on, the chin guy? The, screw the chin guy? Screw the universe. The chin guy. What's the chin guy? The chin, like my crimson channel, cut through your body like negavision. In, no, no man, screw the, the, the universe. I don't know, dude. bro. Just tell me. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Oh, what about oh, mine? Oh, oh, dude, where's my car. Gotcha. 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 Jeez, Louise, guy. I haven't seen Dude Wears My Car in mad long.
1: Dude, you, And we have. Uh, we just remember things it, better than you, you do. No,
0: it's just that your memories are weird and, like, you remember random shit like Dude Wears My Car lines out of nowhere. That's strange. Yeah. Screw yeah. the universe. <laughs> With that being said, Jason, where could they find you?
1: At screw the universe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you, no, you, you don't a, even get a plug today. I knew that was
1: only going to make me laugh, and that's a bad idea. You don't get a plug today. Now, Michael, you go. go. Michael, you go. I don't need a plug. Jason doesn't get a plug today. <laughs> at Broto FF Mike.
0: You can get us. Uh, get me at Broto FF Tim. You can get Cass at Broto FF Casanova. You got to see I what we did there. I wonder if they can there. guess where I am. <laughs> <laughs> at Broto Fantasy for everyone on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok. Go follow. Uh, tomorrow, we finish off the NFC South. Um, one of the more interesting divisions with another one of the most interesting teams, uh, the Carolina Panthers. With that being said, we out.
1: Later. 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 Heat wave.